All right, party people. Welcome back to the sports bar. That song introduces my next guest. We jamming by Bob Marley. And we jamming with Ashanti Cook. Episode number two. Well, technically three. I'm not going to front. I fucked up. (laughs) And we are being socially responsible too. We're doing this podcast via Zoom. Like everybody else probably in the world right now. Or like doing it through some form of modern technology. While we self-quarantine up in here. How you doing with your quarantine, boo? How you doing with your quarantine, Ashanti? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Taking it day by day, you know, catching up with a lot of TV, doing some reading, a little bit of writing here and there, and, you know, just vegging out on some music here and there, and that's it. What are you you reading? Um, I started reading this uh, script writing book called Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. I think it's Blake Snyder. And, um... Well, let me double check that. I think it is Blake Snyder. He's not just but, a pretty uh, face, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, it is Blake Snyder. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the screenwriting book. And um, reading that, and then I'm reading this other book called The Spook Who Sat By The Door. Uh, so just reading those two and um, uh, taking Spanish lessons here and there. And that's it. How's the Spanish lessons going? Spanish is going good. It's solid, you know? Are you at conversational at that conversational level, or are you? No, I'm not, uh, no? I'm not at the conversational level. I'm at the like understanding if they speak slowly type level. But okay. Do you know the bad words yet? Huh? Do you know the bad words yet? Sorry to interrupt you. No. Ah. Uh, I don't. I uh, only deal with like the locals for that, the native tongue speakers for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I watch some things in Spanish, and uh, you know, trying to trying to pick up on it learn another another language and skill here you know nice speaking of yeah. uh, another language though have you um have you watched narcos then was that like what i have watched narcos i like i like all of the narcos i'm on narcos mexico now yeah um yeah narcos mexico is pretty good slept on a lot of people sleep on the narcos mexico i mean they like pablo escobar but the narcos mexico is a good good good, good story it's really nice well i mean like there there's that and then there's el chapo so there's two separate I ones. I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, I haven't watched that one. Yeah. No, that's that that I definitely recommend if you like uh Narcos. It's uh yeah. it would be a good must I guess must see that everybody else is kind of watching. What um what else yeah, are you doing during quarantine? I know you're staying fit. Yeah, working out. So I work out probably five days a week. Um so I got a little routine, go running every once in a while, like twice a week and then the rest just sit here in the, the living room and get my weights in pretty much. And that's it. All right. At least you're doing so. Throw some yoga in there every once in a while. Ooh, you know? Look at you. <laughs> look at you. Trying to be all flexible. Um, yeah. Practicing your breathing. Yep. yep nice. Yep. Nice. Control the breath. Namaste. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, well, obviously, we don't, we don't have a lot of control uh, during these times. Uh, hope Again, hope everybody's staying safe. You are listening to The Sports Bar with Ashanti Cook and G. Hey Wiley. Um, we are not drinking because we're recording this at 1.15 in the afternoon, and I'm not going to force anybody to drink, even though I guess during quarantine, you could – everybody's drinking. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's – 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, somewhere. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, again, going back to the control or lack thereof of control that we um, have right now in these times, uh, 
you know, a lot of your kids, because you do uh, coach at Crossroads, uh, the boys basketball team, a lot of your kids uh, are basically going to have a senior year and uh, are doing everything from home kind of thing. And they're also missing out, just missing out on a lot that we took for granted when we were kids, you know, prom, graduation, uh, end of your season, senior night, all that other stuff. I don't know if you guys had a senior night. I'm assuming you did because, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, th- things like that, that like not everybody goes to college. Like um, I think we were discussing this a little ba- uh, ways back, but like not everybody goes to college or plays in college. And so this year is their, their last kind of year. So what um, have you talked to them, had any advice for them? Um. I've talked to a couple of them. I, I coached JV this year. Okay. So, yeah, so our season was done before the quarantine uh, came into to effect. Uh, but I think it was like playoffs for high school basketball when the quarantine came into effect. So I know our uh, men's our uh, varsity team was uh, competing in the playoffs. So it sucks they got robbed of that opportunity to compete for a state championship, you know? Um, yeah, but I've talked to a couple of my uh, – my, um, my kids and um and they're in good spirits. They're just working out, trying to stay fit. And you know, some of them have basketball courts at their house, so they you know they're working on their skills, or they're hooking me up and asking for some drills and stuff like that. And now I'll you know just gladly send them over a little program for them to just stay sharp, pretty much. Um, because you know hopefully they'll be able to have a summer and go into AAU or something like that this summer as well too. So it, it's kind of rough, especially for high school kids, because I know like. The live period is coming up for kids to go to the tournaments and stuff like that and be recruited and seen. So that kind of sucks because it's robbing them of the opportunity to be seen by these college coaches. So, I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even control, like you said. Yeah. I mean, there's again, there's nothing we can do, but I didn't even think about AAU during the summer. So for a lot of people that don't you know, um, are listening to this. And I, again, I have some overseas people that have no clue what the hell we're talking about when we talk about um, AAU or we talk about, you know, summer tournaments and stuff like that, because university to them is like lost, you know, kind of thing. I have some listeners from the UK and Australia and they're obviously their educational systems completely foreign and different than ours, but um, speak on AAU and man, those kids are going to, if we don't have a summer, that's going to suck for those poor kids. So uh, go ahead and, and speak on AAU. Uh, AAU is basically amateur athletics. Um, so if you have kids, I forgot what age you start. I started playing AAU basketball like when I was like around 11 years old, 11 and years old, and you go and compete in these different tournaments across the nation. But it really starts to kick up and get serious um, as far as like college recruiting goes. You play on these different traveling teams from like at like 15, 16, 17, you play on different traveling teams. And so you travel to like the major tournaments where a lot of coach, college coaches will be at. So like Vegas, uh, Virginia Beach, Delaware, um, Georgia has one. Uh, and then so you play on your team composed of like some of the top, the top talent from different parts of, of L.A. And, you know, they go on these different teams and they're basically – teams to get scouted by coaches pretty much and um but yeah like they have a live period um i don't know when the live period is but the summer is basically where like all like the high school kids from 15 to 17 or 18 that are on these uh aau traveling teams go to these tournaments in vegas georgia delaware virginia and all that to get scouted by college coaches 
And so if we don't have a summer, they'll lose out on that opportunity to potentially showcase their talent in front of these coaches and potentially get a scholarship, you know, offered to them in the fall. So it, it, it hurts. I mean, but like you said, it's out of a, uh, it's out of our out hand. Of our control. Yeah. Out of our hands. Um, another thing that was out of our hands, which is my Christmas. I'm going to transition us over to the NCAA tournament that never was no shining moments. Wow. No, uh, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it bums me out. <laughs> Every time I talk about this, it just bums me out. So I, I have to talk about it with you because you've actually experienced going to the tourney. You've experienced, right. you know, playing on that grand stage. You've experienced where like we can even backtrack and you've even experienced, you know, playing in the real big East and playing in the big East tournament and playing at Madison Square Garden, which not a lot of people, it's a very lucky percentage or a very fortunate percentage that are able to do that. And, uh, you know, there are these kids that are not going to be able to do that. Um, you know, this some that weren't able to do that at all. Um, yes, granted, a lot of those kids are going pro, but like still, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to speak on that. Right. I mean, it's the same thing as like the high school kids being robbed of not being able to uh, compete for a state championship. I mean, just think if you're like the 11th or 12th guy on a high school team, you know, and you, you're not going to go and play college basketball. So that one moment you have is high school basketball. And right now with the quarantine, you know, you don't get that moment. That's something you could probably cherish for the rest of your life. And it's the same in college. Like the NCAA tournament is like viewed by everybody <laughs> in the nation. You know, like games are ran Thursday through Sunday on primetime television. And you're competing to be the best college team in, in the country. And if you're the 10th, 11th guy on the bench and you're a senior, that's your moment to like enjoy that. You know, like you can, you'll always have that, that memory. And I was fortunate enough to, to play in the NCAA tournament and we went to the Sweet 16 and we lost to Florida and um, who ended up being national champs that year in 2006. And it's just a great feeling. It's nothing that can compare. It's, it's unmatched, you know, like you go to these stadiums and it's 35, 32,000 people there screaming and chanting, like going against each other. Like it's, it's intense. It's high atmosphere, high, high intensity, great atmosphere and it's just fun you feel the energy and the love of just in spirit of college basketball and it's like something truly unmatched and i uh like i kind of miss that the tournament's not on myself right now because even people just gather to go to the bars and watch the game you know so and that's just fun itself so i mean how much do you brackets <laughs> how much do, oh do you fill out a bracket every year um because i've done one one or two but majority of the time no nah, i don't because i yeah i feel like players don't really fill it out. <laughs> it's more of a, yeah, it's more of a, a thing for, you know, people that are just spectators and fans, like that's more for them as opposed to what, you know, I mean, you guys live it, you know? So it's like, right. Like, why am I going to fill it out? Kind of, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I don't, I don't fill out a bracket. I just, I just, you know, watch the games. That's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Did you, uh, did you fill out one when you were a kid? No, actually, I never did. I never huh. did when I was a kid either. Yeah, huh. I never did. I just watched the tournament. That's it. So I never really um, filled out a bracket. I mean, I filled out one or two, you know, because uh, some of my friends like, oh, we have a pool or something like that. 
And I'll be like, all right, cool. I'll do it, you know, so. Yeah, you're like, and what's what's $5? Like, here, here's my, my yeah, I get go. that. Yeah, what's 10 bucks, you know, yeah, all right, I'll do it, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll participate. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny, though, like, when NCAA tournament season rolls around, people always want to call me and ask me for advice. I'm like, I don't really watch that much college basketball, so I don't know why you're asking me. Okay, I was actually going to ask you that. So, like, yeah, I get... I get from my girlfriends because they're the ones that know literally negative about sports. So it doesn't matter if it's like the NFL or if, which we'll get to in a second, but it doesn't matter if it's the NFL, NCAA, NBA, like I'm always getting asked, like, so I can only imagine playing, you know, from the time that you were, you know, probably in diapers all the way up until now um, and playing on a professional level, uh, the advice that you, that people just automatically think that you can give them. When it comes to either a tournament or it comes to a move or whatever. Yeah. They're like, oh, Purdue is playing Gonzaga. Which one should I choose? The seven versus the two seed. I'm like, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I didn't watch them this whole season. I have no idea. Right. I was like, I go, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I never know. You so know? you would I never want to be a com. So you would never want to be like a commentator or like any of that. Like coaching is where it's at right now for you. Right. Um. Honestly, no, I never wanted to be a commentator. Um, uh, commentator, sideline reporter, none of that. I never really wanted to be a coach either. Um, what? <laughs> kind of is something that just like kind of like I fell into. Okay. Yeah, like a friend of mine, he's the head coach for Crossroads, and asked me if I could be his assistant. So I was like, sure. And then I <laughs> ended up liking it, you know. And I was like, yo, this is not bad. This shit ain't bad. Like, and then the kids were super cool. And, like, we had a good bunch of kids. We didn't have any bad eggs, you know. So, like, I was like, all right, I can do this again, you know. So, I'm, I'm coming back next year. So, nice. I'll be back uh, Crossroads staff next year, too. So. How many? But, uh, but, yeah, I, I also do personal training, too, for kids. And I enjoy that a lot. I enjoy that a lot. Oh, I think I just fell in love with it. I think I just fell in love with Ashanti a little bit more. That's really sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um um, let's just let's transition over to the NBA. Thoughts on the NBA whatsoever and what they're doing right now, as far as and international play well, too. I mean, China just you know let their people come back, kind of thing, you know. So, right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the NBA. I I, I don't see it coming back um, unless they play in like a controlled environment, which would be like I say, like a Vegas, you know, like because the casinos are closed. Um, and the hotels are closed, so there's nobody really there. And if they just, like, you know, had a certain area or a hotel just dedicated for the players and the staff to be at, and then have the former transportation to take them to and from the get to the arena and um, play without fans, I think that could work. But that's a lot of games to get through throughout in one day, you know. Um, but, I mean, see, that's a possibility. But uh, overall, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see the NBA coming back anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but also it hurts this, this quarantine is hurting a lot of prospects who entered the NBA draft because they don't have the potential to go to a Chicago pre-draft camp and try and raise their stock. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it raised the question, do you go back to school and play another year if you were a junior or a sophomore and you entered, you know, like, like that's something you got to think about. Like you can't go to pre-draft camp and raise your stock to try and get a higher, if you were on the bubble of first round or second round, you know, like that kind of like 
what do you do? You go back to school and play another year or you just stick it out? Like there's a lot of questions people got to answer themselves because they're not able to display their skills for, for the GMs and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, this is going to be tough. And like, even like you said, international players, like basically GMs is going to have to do a good job of uh, watching tape. <laughs> <laughs> Watching tape and talking to people and different people and personnel within like uh, uh, the, the 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 teams, team personnel, you know, trying to get a feel for guys and that, and just watching as much film as possible on some guys that they may want to potentially draft. So, oh, that's so sad. It's just I know, it's crazy. this is the most bizarre thing I think we as human beings have ever just come in contact with right now. It's just it's something that you can't even fathom. It's not real. It doesn't seem real. No. Yeah. Like before I talk about the last dance, I want to talk about the NFL draft. Did you watch it? I did not. Okay. I've never watched the NFL draft to be honest. Okay. Okay. Then I'm just going to skip over and say, screw it. No, actually yeah, I've, I've never watched it. Cause I don't watch college football. I don't really okay. watch college football. I've never really watched college football. Cause I, I, I didn't have that experience in college cause we didn't have a football team. Well, we had a football team, but they were D one double A. So it was like not the same. So I never really got that, that college football experience. So I never really tuned in. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. It's Some not- of the players are mm-hmm. like, I'll watch the national championship. Like, okay. I'll watch that. Okay. Um, LSU and who was it? Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. LSU yeah. and Clemson. Like I watched that. So I know who Joe Burrow is, you know, like the major, heavy hitters are i really like the guy Tua though yeah watched, uh, he's very likable I, I watched i watched him like his character and how he is as a person and then i watched the breakdown on detail of nick saban and Tua, and i was like holy shit this guy is really good <laughs> like and so it really made me like a fan of his i was like all right i'm gonna look forward to watching him. i saw he got drafted by miami so i'll be yeah. tuning in to watch him so watch him with miami oh, okay um yeah do you? Bit. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I love to. I don't think that he should have gotten drafted that high because he's been hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> a poor kid. Yeah. He's had so many injuries. Like, you got to feel for him. But, like, I'm just, I'm stoked that he got drafted. And especially getting drafted that high, I'm sure that he's going to make a little bit extra cash in order to, you know, because he's been drafted so high. But, um, but where would you draft him at, though? Like, I mean, Miami needs a quarterback. They do, they do. But it, they have Ryan, Ryan, uh, uh, Fitzmagic. Um, I don't think okay. he's. Fitzpatrick is- yeah, I mean, he's he's whatever. I don't think that he's going to win him a Super Bowl. So, like, maybe this was the right decision for them. Um, I mean, I would have loved for him to come to the Chargers because I would have just. I think LA is more his vibe because he's from Hawaii. He's mm. Samoan. He's like, right. there's a huge Samoan culture culture out here for those that don't know. Um, LA is like stacked with some own people. So it's, um, it might be, it's closer to home for him, even though they live in Alabama, like they moved to Alabama when he went to school there, but you can always relocate and, you know, being closer to home and stuff. And he just, I don't know. I feel like he would fit in here a little bit better. Right. Um, but that would be only one draft choice down. So he would have been picked sixth instead of fifth. Um, I don't know. I mean, it would have been nice for him to be a Patriot, I think, because I think he would have fit really well into that system. Um, yeah. That That's obviously before the – the Patriots actually, um, they forewent their first-round uh, draft choice and uh, gave it up. So, yeah, Belichick's a genius. I'm not going to question it. So I think that he's 
I know. He's so smart and he's just so on top of his game and he's ahead of everybody. So I'm just not even going to question what he, why they dumped that first round draft pick. I'm not even going to question it, but um, yeah, I think, I think he would have been a better fit in in new England. Me personally. Um, I don't know if he would. I think, I think the Pats are going to somewhat make a play on uh, either Cam Newton or um, what's his face? Jameis Winston. Oh, I don't think the, I don't think they're going to do either. I, I think that I, I don't know. I go ahead. No, I was just saying. I, I think I think Bill Belichick can uh, mold those guys into what it is that he wants. You know, like because they have the talent, they just need the proper coaching. I mean, <laughs> to cut down on some of the shit that they do. You know what I'm saying? Like the only you know, pro- so the problem with. Uh, with Cam, because I agree with you, I think Cam is very talented. He's a runner. Um, I don't think it's going to last that lo- much longer, but like, I think he's very talented. I think that you're right. He needs to cut through the bullshit. If he can deal with being um, being involved in the system or the Patriot way, I'm using air quotes, right. um, which is what every single person in New England basically says. Like, it's the Patriot way. Like, you can't, you know, you can't be on this team without accepting that. Um, then he'll thrive. He'll do a really good job. That's my only problem with him is that I don't think that he's going to fit into the system. And I think that Jameis isn't a first string quarterback. I just, he's just not. Yeah. I don't think that he is um, really sweet person. I think he has the best of intentions, but just, I don't think he's a first string quarterback. I think he can play backup, like if they want that, but like Belichick picks guys like specifically guys that are in programs and are captains and they show senses of leadership um, when they were in college or even throughout their career. And so those are the people that he picks Um, again, people that are going to fit into his system. So I just don't see either one of them going that direction, but I mean, stranger things have happened. Like green Bay has a, got a quarterback from Utah state that nobody thought was going to get drafted in the first round. So stranger things can happen i'm not i'm not gonna discount it i'm not gonna say like it's never gonna happen but so um yeah we'll we'll see but it was exciting because the numbers for like i just wanted to bring this one point in because people are so starving for sports that their numbers increased (laughs) at 37 percent all right welcome back party people to the sports bar with the glorious mr ashanti cook here to talk about the last dance as we promised in the earlier uh segment uh so ashanti the seriously like literally no words like i was actually thinking about this yesterday and for everybody the last dance that's not watching espn the last dance shame on you because it's freaking ridiculously great um i was actually thinking about this yesterday or a few days ago i was like Michael Jordan is one of those, like, you can't insanely describe him to people that have never watched him live. You just have to be there. It's like you can't, like, mm. it's like you can't explain the air, but it exists kind of, like, metaphor, I guess. It's like, that's a bad way of saying it. But he's just, he's so effortless and just so, such a great, amazing player that everybody basically emulated their game after. Like, a lot of great people emulated their yeah. game after. And this documentary should have came out so much longer ago. That's, these are horrible words. I can't even talk. Um, This documentary should have came out so long ago. Um, They had it in the vault for over 20 years and it should have just, everybody should know how great this man is and how great 
uh, this dynasty was. That Bulls team was. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the dynasty that is the Chicago Bulls is just something that you can't, it's undeniable. Um, so tell me about, about your thoughts about episode one first, and then we'll go, go over to the Scotty Pippen episode of episode two. So episode one, um, that was mainly about Michael Jordan and, you know, me being a Michael Jordan fan and enthusiast and just, it, it was just amazing to see like that whole thing again. Cause I grew up watching a lot of Michael Jordan in my household and I have like all his videotapes. I actually used to watch Michael Jordan playground and comply with me like before games when I was a kid. Oh, <laughs> come fly with yeah, me. I love like, that. <laughs> I used to watch him, get motivated, and then go play. Or if I ever watched him play, it always, he always made me want to go play basketball in the backyard. But, yeah, I grew up watching a lot, a lot, a lot of Bulls games, especially, like, in the early 80s. My mom is just, like, a huge Chicago Bulls fan. She's from Chicago. Like, and I mean, like, huge Chicago Bulls fan. You can go literally today and go in the cabinet, and it's, like, a video archive. Like, you could watch, like, 88 Bulls versus the Kings, like, she'll have it <laughs> on VHS. Like, it's kind of crazy. Um, so I grew up watching a lot, a lot, a lot of the Bulls play. So I'm very familiar with, like, both of their three-peats, the one from um, 91 to 93, and then the, uh, the second three-peat from 96 to 98. And, um, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it just to see how Mike came into the NBA with a set mind and focus and just – got after it and you just appreciate a person that works extremely hard from nothing to gaining that much success. And he's just like a true inspiration to, to the youth, the people like he definitely personifies greatness, you know, like people always say like, oh, I want to be the Michael Jordan of, of this or the Michael Jordan of that, you know? So he just exemplifies greatness to me. He's, he's truly an inspiration. He's the reason why I fell in love with basketball. So, um, I mean, it sounds like your mom had a lot to do with it as well, but obviously MJ is just, like you said, he just exemplifies greatness. Like you want to be the Michael Jordan of your field, so to speak, AKA the best at your field. Um, Obviously we grew up with Michael Jordan and we grew up um, idolizing him, wanting to emulate his game, wanting to, you know, everything Michael Jordan, basically. Like if you were around in the nineties, you couldn't not, know about Michael Jordan. Um, But the thing that we didn't know was how mismanaged and how poorly managed the Bulls were. Um, I feel like for me, I'm a Clipper fan. I know that's so rare, Uh, but I've been a Clipper fan since like like 96, 97. (laughs) Ashanti's laughing at me. Um, Yeah. So like I knew... Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, when we were terrible, like terrible. the struggle is real for a Clipper fan. Uh, like, no joke. Like, empty stadiums, like, empty, are- like, it's just being able to sit courtside for like $5 was amazing. Um, <laughs> but sports arena, too, weren't they? Uh, we, so, yeah. We were in Anaheim for a little bit. And then moved over um, at, to the, yeah, to the sports arena. And then, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think we pulled, no, sports arena. And then we moved to Staples, I believe, after that. Staples, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now we actually have the forum. So I'm really excited about that actually um, coming to fruition. That's going to be very 
interesting. Yeah, we're going to be right next to the Rams. And yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I love our owner um, now <laughs> because the struggle was, yeah. He's yeah. Oh, he's great. He's great. And he's he's almost like the equivalent Balm, um, Steve Ballmer, for those who don't know who the owner of the um, Clippers are. Um, but Steve Ballmer is almost the equivalent um, if not even more exciting than uh, Mark Cuban was like back in the day when Mark Cuban first got the, the Dallas Mavericks. Like that's, that's how I see like the equivalent. Mm-hmm. And he's actually like taking steps to make us greater and make taking steps to have us winning titles. So um, yeah. I don't know. I love the whole or, entire organization. He hired the right, he, he hired the right guy to, uh, as a consultant too, Jerry West. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that was a, he, that he is talk about, that was I'm a huge key. Kobe Bryant, like, <laughs> like, oh my god! Do, we found Kobe Bryant, you know, and traded for him. And was like, nah, we got to get this kid when he was working for the Lakers. So, yeah, shout out to Jerry West. He's that dude's a genius. I mean, I think that also, like, I was, um, I was reading. Uh, no, I, there was a Phil Jackson special, and he said that um, him and Jerry. They um, when they were on, when he was on the Lakers, like they weren't really getting along because he felt he felt like um, and these are Phil's words. He felt like Jerry wasn't being challenged enough during that time. And this was during like the last opportunity that they had um, with, I think, with Phil for getting a, a title um, with all these veteran players that they had. This was like back when Carl Malone was on the team. Gary Payton, Shaq was still there. Kobe was there. You had like they were stacked that year, by the way. Like I don't, I did not appreciate it as yeah. much, but they were stacked. Um, that was a good team. That was a really good team, and I mean, they made it to the finals. They just didn't get a ring. But um, yeah. I love how we just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but going a little, we're getting a little off, off track, which I love because that's what a podcast is supposed to be all about. Is like you know talking about things that aren't. <laughs> that are or, that are organic um but i do want to just keep going on with the organ the bulls organization and um jerry kraus how basically he dismantled that team that that's why it was the last right. dance um so what do you think as far as i mean like everybody basically um was analyzing this and was saying like don't talk ill will of the dead blah blah blah, blah. i'm like fuck that that man was horrible like you could have kept Phil, you could have kept Scotty, you could have kept. I mean, we're gonna keep MJ. That wasn't a really a debate, but like you could have kept so many things going with that team, and you could have won four in a row instead of winning three. <laughs> like that sounds selfish, right. but yeah, they definitely. If they would have kept all the pieces together, they probably could have won, won two more. So MJ definitely, MJ and Scotty would have been at eight, eight, eight titles like easily. Yeah. Usually I can see them pulling off another two-year run. Yeah, it's just crazy for him to say, like, oh, Phil, you can win 82 games and you're still not coming back the following season. It's just like, <laughs> like you got a good thing going. And I think Mike said it best that them winning that year, that 97-98 year, like, they should be entitled to, um, to, to, to try and repeat again, you know? Like, they are, should be entitled to try and win the next, next year's title, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that that's currently lost now too, right? As the NBA is looked at as a business. So yeah, with Kraus basically dismantling that team and not giving them the opportunity to 
you know, fight for another, another title and go for four in a row is, is very, very tragic for them. Um, another thing that was really tragic was in episode um, two with Scotty Pippen. And I wanted you to speak on that. He basically pretty much got screwed <laughs> uh, financially. Yeah. He's the second best player in the NBA, right? He re-signs his contract in 1991 and gets what, 18 for that year? Or for the, for the next seven 18, years? Seven, seven years, 18 million? Yeah. So what is he getting, like, two-something a year? Um, yeah. And I didn't know that Scotty had all those siblings. Like, in all yeah. that family. Um, and so, obviously, he felt obligated to support, you know, his family, which is so sweet. And I think a lot of players end up doing that. But um, it's it's crazy that he got... And I get it to a certain degree. I understand his mentality and where he was at. He wanted to provide for his family. He didn't, he wanted a sure thing. He wanted a long contract. He wanted at least like seven years and he wanted to just have some kind of stability for his family. But he also should have gotten a shit ton more money than what he got. Um, So speak on that thoughts on Scottie Pippen, obviously being the second best player in the NBA. There's no, no, the numbers don't lie. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, he's like you said, the second best player in the NBA, and he was making pennies. You know, like, but I looked at the numbers like before because this topic's been a hot topic since uh, since it aired, since that episode aired. A lot of people have talked about it, saying how Mike came off kind of selfish. You know, like he should have gave some of the money to Scotty, looked out for him, spoke up to management about Scotty. But I'm thinking, I'm like. Mike was making around like, like three million himself, like for the years up until the last two years of his contract, you know. So they weren't too far off in the numbers of earnings during their time with the Bulls until you know the last two years of Mike's contract. Two years, he made thirty million, thirty million. But uh, but Scotty, I understand where he was coming from, uh, wanting security for his family. You know, like he had a lot of people to take care of. From a small town in Arkansas, so I understood the security part and him signing a long-term deal just in case if he gets hurt. He still guaranteed all that money, you know, to take care of his family. But when you have the owner saying to you, "Yo, don't sign this deal and don't lock yourself in that long," you, you might want to listen. <laughs> so I think it's um, it's uh, it's it's partly his fault, his agent's fault, but. Also, it kind of foreshadowed, like, why he has some financial problems now, too. You know, like, some of the stuff that's come up, you know, in the past about his finances being in trouble and things like that now, you know. So, it's an unfortunate situation at that time because he was the second-best basketball player in the NBA in the world for him not to, you know, get his just due of how much he should have earned. He should have earned a lot more, you know. So, but, yeah, I mean, he ended up making a, a shit ton of money, uh, once he left, he went to Houston and Portland and stuff. But, you know, you can't get that money back. He accrued a shit ton of interest during that time, too. You know, that span while he was with the Bulls. So, but, uh, but I mean, honestly, I think it was a good – it's a good teaching tool for younger players, you know, to, to look at the mistakes that he made. I mean, it sucks that he, <laughs> he was the one you have to learn from and he had to go through that situation. But I think players nowadays – and look at that and be like, okay, he made this mistake. I'm not going to make them mistakes. So, you know. I mean, there's also, you have to take into consideration that the NBA obviously is a lot. Um, there's a huge discrepancy now 
Um, there's more money to be made because of TV contracts and um, right. a lot more of the money that's coming, that's being funneled in internationally, et cetera, with the NBA. Um, there's also, right. they don't do long-term contracts anymore because <laughs> they learned that lesson. No, no, no. Like Max is what, five years maybe or something like I think that? four, yeah. I think because what, LeBron signed a four-year deal, I believe? I think it's three. I want to say it's four because he has the opt. He has the option to opt out in the fourth year. Okay, all right. So three, like definitely, like secured three yeah, years. But then, like the fourth year, he can be fourth, like, fourth yeah, he can do out. Um, yeah, because there was a whole entire debate about him playing with his kid. Because because right. by by year four, he can like his kid might be eligible to play in the NBA. Yada yada. So. Um, but yeah, like so money as far as far as money is concerned, you know, I think we're both in the consensus that like boohoo Scotty question mark, you know, like he's still obviously yeah. not broke, but he could be a lot more. He could be worth a lot more had he, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, did and also, I think Jerry Reinsdorf, he's a smart guy. And for him to tell Scotty Pippen not to sign that deal, he obviously knew which direction the NBA was going as far as TV rights and more money and finances for the whole entire league. So I think Scotty's management should have definitely like wised up and, uh, and listened, you know, um, it was an interesting part for, uh, Michael Jordan said he was pissed off at Scotty Pippen for not coming into training camp, you know, ready to go. And people have been taking it as Mike being selfish I looked at it from a competitive standpoint, like you are my, my, my one B, you know, like you, you and I are right there and you are under contract. So you are obligated to be ready to perform once the season starts, regardless of how shitty the deal is, you are required to be here. This is what you signed up for. It's the last year. So you're contractually obligated to be here and ready to start when the season starts, you know, like you're, 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 you're making the load heavier for a lot of the other guys, including myself by taking a selfish action of not wanting to get your surgery done earlier and waiting to use the season to recoup and get better, you know? So it kind of was a selfish act on Scotty Pippen, but I understand where Scotty Pippen was coming from because it was his last year. They already said he wasn't coming back. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day right now, like, especially right now in the NBA, like these kids are brands or these players are, I shouldn't call them kids. Cause I mean, I guess they're not children, but these players are brands and that's what they have defined themselves as now. You know, they're not, it, it's not a team collective thing like that. No offense to anybody that thinks that it is like that shits out the window now. Like they're actual, like they are, they're actual brands. And, you know, even if they're not, um, even if they're not the best player on the team, uh, if they're like the t- fifth guy off the bench or something like that, they're still, they still have a brand. They still have money to be made, whether it's like through endorsements or through like some Instagram deal or whatever social media um, contract or something. Yeah. They're all brands now. And so it's, com- it's a completely different ball game. And I think that kids are not looking at that. You know, they're looking, th- they're looking at, the Michael Jordan era and like the, as far as the business aspect is concerned about it, they're looking at it from a completely different point of view. And that's some old school shit, right? Like 
I mean, at the end of the day, like that's super old school. Like that's something that like we did, we, we can understand this, but I don't think, I don't think the generation now can understand what they had to go through. Right. Right. Yeah, which. Like, what are you talking about? You want a contract? Yep. Yep. Pretty sure it'd be a different conversation if he was in negotiations for a new deal or something like that and it hadn't gotten signed yet, and he was holding out until a new contract got in place. You know, you can understand that, but you got one more year on the contract. You're supposed to be here, ready to roll. Like, so. I got where Mike's coming from, but also understood where Scotty was coming from too. So. Yeah, no, de- no, no doubt, no doubt, definitely. So, um, episode three is coming up this weekend. Thoughts on episode three? Because that's the, uh, I believe that's the Rodman episode, and then we can talk about episode four in a second because that one's going to be good too. Episode four. I have no idea what episode four is supposed to be about, but I watched first take and I saw Dennis on there. Um, a couple of days ago, and he said episode three was like going to be a heavy dose of him. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I actually did, uh, his his um, documentary was pretty good too. The, the ESPN 30 for 30 that he had was really good. I didn't know that much about his story, where he's come from, mm-hmm. and um, he's country boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a hard worker, loyal, you know, like works his ass off. Regardless of him going out to Vegas and partying every night, but he still came back the next day in the games and performed and played defense and would get twenty something rebounds and you know like so he he, he did his job you know so <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing this episode a lot just to see the camaraderie between the three of them you know to yeah see the, the the dynamic and like the conversations that took place or, or so he always says that they they uh, didn't talk really. I mean, I can understand that because Rodman is a character and that's very much putting it lightly (laughs) with him. So I think that you're right. It's going to be a very interesting um, episode. I actually modeled my college game after Rodman. Like I was not a score. Yeah, I was not a score. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get rebounds because you can't win the game without the ball. So that's what I'm going to focus on. And, and that's what Robin did. Like Robin was, I remember there was one game. I don't remember if I want to say it was like a game five or four or something like that in the playoffs where Robin actually scored a double, double. It was so weird to me to see him score. It sounds so weird. What's that? he's not a scorer no not at all and so for those that don't know Dennis Rodman's game because I mean he is I mean these guys are now what like in their 50s 50s yeah Yeah, so you know to see Rodman score and to see him you know do more than just rebound was it it, it was a sight man like it was like the the whole entire bench too was hyphy on it like they were all excited because he doesn't score um yeah, so it was it, he had a great game to watch. Um he was the epitome of unselfish because I mean he was self he was uh, he was selfish in getting rebounds, but every in any yes. other aspect he was not selfish. Um he didn't want right. the ball. He always he always kicked it out. Um he just had that power game of being like this is and he threw them both. Um and for those that don't remember when he played on Detroit, that's the reason why he threw them both because he played with the Pistons and he played with the Pistons. Yep. 
played with the bad boys, um, the Piston Bad Boys, and that is what episode four is about. Right. Was is about them playing against Detroit and how a lot of times they were eluded um championships because of Detroit. Mm. So it's um it's kind of their rivalry and their you know the probably the shit talking too that happened amongst Jordan and uh Isaiah Thomas cuz I mean you rem- remember the Olympics so for yeah. yeah for those that don't know Isaiah Thomas was not on the dream team specifically because of Jordan yeah like he nobody said nobody really wanted to play nobody wanted him on the team it was like a unanimous vote like not to have him on the team basically and uh Chuck Daly, who was the head coach at the time of the Pistons, of the Detroit Bad Boys Pistons, ended up being the coach of the Dream Team. And um, he basically took a vote, and everybody voted that they didn't want Isaiah on the team. So, <laughs> so there you have it, you know? Yeah. I mean, so they're going to um, – I believe that's what episode four is going to be about. It's going to be about the uh, Detroit Bad Boys and oh, just – Yeah. That's and killer. Yeah. So that'll be their – the rivalry and all that good stuff um, on that. Did you even like, I mean, obviously being in a Chicago household, like that was, they were probably it. You were like, fuck Detroit. <laughs> like don't want no part yeah. of that. Well, you know, it was funny. So my mom, she was a Bulls fan, but my dad liked the way the Pistons played. Okay. So like he liked that. Like, so whenever the Bulls and Pistons played, like my dad wouldn't be cheering for Detroit, but He'd be cheering for Detroit, you know, like <laughs> yeah. in the background, like yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, he liked my dad liked the uh, the Pistons, and he liked those early Knicks teams too with Pat Oakley, um, John Starks, Hubert Davis, and all those guys. Doc Rivers, like he liked those teams, you know, in the early nineties because it's just gritty, hard nosed basketball, you know. Like we just got after it. I, I miss that that era of basketball a lot. I, I miss it a lot, like that. Those, those late 80s, early 90s, and, like, early 2000s games, like, basketball was like, ah, that was shit. <laughs> well, and it's so – it's funny that you bring that up, too, because, like, the those 20 years – I mean, shit, we can even go back further where, like, this, even in, this, even in like, the late 70s um, up until, like, early 2000s, it was still a nitty-gritty league where elbows were being thrown – Teeth were being knocked out. Nobody was like, people were getting their asses kicked. Um, Jordan's trying to go to the bucket and they didn't have an inside presence. So like he's getting hit to the ground and like, there's no mercy. There was no mercy on the court back then. Like they didn't care. I mean, look at Lambeer. That's like a prime example. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure they still to a certain degree, maybe some people still do. But I mean, it's still, it's a little bit bit quick with the tech nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a great meme, um, about like a, it was a side by side meme and it had one, um, like some, like them getting into a fight or whatever, like full on thrown bows and like full blown, like fight kind of like the Portland trailblazers, like back in the day, like when they went to the stands and shit, um, to um and nobody got attacked nobody got thrown out nobody got an ejection or anything yeah yeah and then like the most famous clip to me the wildest shit is when uh kurt randis was playing the lakers were playing the celtics and he gets clotheslined by a dick yes or something like that 
and it ended up just being like a hard foul. Six shots. That was it. But he literally lifted this man up, and he was parallel to the ground, knocked his goggles off, and it was just a hard foul. Two shots. And that was it. Go to the free throw line. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's... So guys would be ejected and fine nowadays for that type of stuff. Oh, my... I mean, he probably would have gotten a suspension, too, if he did oh. that. <laughs> maybe, like, half of – maybe, like, a full week of, like, out of the out of the league and then, like, still got fined, yeah. like a double fine or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, probably, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the game's different now. I do miss that that, that, uh, that style of play, that early – those early games. Those were good, good, good matchups. Really good matchups. I mean, I think that's another reason why people watch the NFL, too, right? They like – like, even yeah. though – it's obviously against all health. Um, we want everybody to be healthy and we want everybody to be sane and we don't want CTE. But, dude, when some kid gets clocked, it is the best thing to watch. It is. Like, oh. Oh. Like, all the reactions. It's the best thing to watch. I just, I, I, I it sounds so horrible, too, because, like, I, if that were my kid... I would feel so bad, but it's not my kid, so I don't feel as bad. Um, but speaking of games from earlier, it's game time. Ashanti, you ready for this? All right. Okay. Loud and clear. Oh, here we are. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. All right. So, second time's a charm. We're going to continue on and do this, try this one more time of three minutes in hell or heaven, AKA rapid fire with Ashanti cook. Not going to lie to you again. I stole this off of Ellen's burning questions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm going to give you three minutes of rapid fire questions. And for those that have never um, heard of this game, I'm going to give Ashanti three questions. I'm going to give him three minutes. He's going to choose these uh, questions. If you want to, not answer it. You would normally drink, but since we're not doing that, you can just pass. Is this 1 p.m.? <laughs> it is, yes. It is 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm sure, again, it's like, well, it's like 4 o'clock on the East Coast, but we're not even gonna, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not drinking. <laughs> we're trying to be healthy. My liver's already taken, my liver's already taken a shot, so I've been drinking way too much for my liking. Okay, the clock starts after the first question. You getting cuddled up right. over there, buddy? Okay. Yep. Let's do this. Okay. What is the one thing that you have tried that you will never do again? Pass. First one out the gate, man. Okay. What's <laughs> <laughs> What's your most irrational fear? Uh, not leaving an impact on the world or having my voice heard in the world okay oh you said irrational yeah fear. irrational fear not rational oh, okay got you got you got you irrational fear uh heights yeah again i don't understand that because i've had a lot of people ask answer the same question and you're tall it's not like you're a short person you're not like danny de niro short like no. you're over six feet tall like how are you afraid of heights i don't get it you are the height you look down you get you look down and it freaks me out <laughs> Oh, okay. 
So weird. It's, it's so that that's the kind of stuff that boggles my mind. But okay, anyways, are you a member of the Mile High Club? No. Really? No, I'm not. Is this are a checklist thing? Are you gonna? Are you this eventually is, gonna be a? This is gonna be. This is a checklist thing. This has to go off on the checklist. Are thing. you gonna do this after quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> Can, I don't know. <laughs> goals for quarantine. <laughs> goals for quarantine. Get on the Mile High Club, um, or after. <laughs> okay. Have you ever had a threesome? No. Another one on the checklist. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if anybody like looks up Ashanti, this man is a beautiful man. So I don't understand how you're not in either of these clubs. But I'm gonna. I'll just let that go. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure? Uh. Reality TV. I watch reality TV. Such, like, I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure for this one, but I enjoy watching interior decorating TV shows. <gasps> like those like those DIY shows? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, like, homes that need remodeling and all that type of stuff. Like, I enjoy watching those a lot. <laughs> okay, that's not, that's, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, okay, if... Taking into consideration, this is what you're doing for a living right now is not your dream job. What would be your dream job? My dream job would to be have um, to have Anthony Bourdain's job. Oh man, that's everybody's dream job. That's fair. Travel, meet people, have great experiences with meeting people and eating great food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time. Damn, um, I'm gonna have to say that's a tough question. It's so me. I'm gonna throw two of them out there. That's I'm gonna fair. say uh, The Matrix and okay. Shawshank. Uh, do the right thing. Okay, that's fair. I love Do the Right Thing. Um, okay, last question. First celebrity crush. Holly Berry. That's a fair one. That that woman still looks great. Like looks to this day, she still looks incredible. Um, Ashanti, I hope you're doing well, staying in quarantine. Thank you so much for doing this again for the second time. Second time's a charm, man. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this one works. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully this this one recorded. I hope anyway. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, again, everybody, that was Ashanti. Oh, do you have anything to plug? Do you have anything to uh talk uh? Promote. Uh, you want to promote your podcast? podcast with two of my good friends. Um, check us out on YouTube. Um, soon we'll be on streaming platforms. It's called Runway of Life. We talk about life, lifestyle, pop culture, social stuff. Um, talking sports, dating. <laughs> you know. So. Ooh, and that is is that just on YouTube? For now? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Our first episode is on YouTube right now. Um, we just recorded our second one, and it should be coming out soon. So. Okay. And again, for everybody that um, probably wasn't paying attention like me, um, can you put um, – can you say what the name of it was again? Runway of Life. That's right. Runway of Life with Ashanti Cook. Follow all the good stuff. Subscribe to it, guys. We are the Sports Bar with Ashanti Cook. Normally, we'd be doing sports and drinking, but – we're just doing sports and quarantining. So uh, with Ashanti <laughs> in my in my bedroom, and he's are you in your living room, by the way, with that really sick yeah, painting room. behind you? Yeah, living room. Yeah. Um, 
Well, again, Ashanti, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you doing this for the second time. Oh, wow. A man of a man of great intellect and patience. I am so appreciative. Again, you're watching the Sports Bar. Thank you so much with Ashanti. Thank you so much, Ashanti. No and, problem. And we out. Peace. Deuces. Thank you again so much, party people, for listening to the Sports Bar. I'm G. Hey Wiley. That was Ashanti Cook for the first quarantine episode, one of hopefully not many. Hopefully this quarantine will be over soon, <laughs> at least in Cali. Um, don't forget to listen to all things The Sports Bar. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and of course Anchor because they let us do this for free. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, please leave us a review. That's how we find you. Also, don't forget to follow us on everything social media-esque. We're on Instagram and Facebook at The Sports Bar, T-H-A Sports Bar. And we're on Twitter at Sports Bar Gals because Twitter sucks and they wouldn't give me the handle of The Sports Bar. Uh, Anyways, thank you again so much for listening. Hope everybody's staying safe during their quarantine time. Uh, And we will try to be doing this every single week. Uh, I'm going to try and bring out episodes every Friday um, at least Um, maybe even more than that because we're bored as fuck and I have nothing else to do. So again, thank you so much for listening to the sports bar guys. I'm going to play out Ashanti with we jamming by Bob Marley once again for your listening pleasure. Thank you again so much. You guys for listening to the sports bar. I'm G. Hey Wiley again. We out deuces. Jamming, jamming, and I hope you like jamming.